Our scripture this morning is found in the Gospel of John, the 13th chapter. We'll be reading the first through the fourth verses. Now, before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during the supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. This is the word of God. For the people of God, thanks be to God. Well, we're in a series that I'm calling Things Jesus Wants You to Know. And it's based on things that he knew about himself that uh, we should emulate. And in this passage, especially, I would say, in the fourth verse here, I think is where it says it the most clear. Let me find it here again. Okay, the third verse. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel about himself. He knew three things. And those three things that he knew about himself He longs for you to know about yourself. First of all, he knew where he came from. He knew that he came from God. Now, today there are people that want to say that we came forth from some, started out some chemical soup, I think my biology prof once described it as, that somehow haphazardly had already formed, who knows how, just a total accident that this primordial soup even came about filled with all these ingredients that just came to the right place to where something came alive and then ultimately that something uh, just kept on haphazardly coming along till here you are. And uh, that is uh, what people want you to believe, that you are, even in the best sense of the word, an accident, that it's just uh, 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 just by chance that people even have to be on the happen to be on the face of this earth. Now, one of the reasons why they want you to believe that. And this is why the enemy wants you to believe that, is that if you believe that, then you really think nothing really matters, that there's no purpose, there's no uh, uh, goals, none of this is heading toward anything except uh, whatever the scientists project about uh, the how the cataclysmic end's going to occur, but. Uh, They want you to believe that you don't really matter. 
and that if they do that, then it's so easy to have you disregard other people because if you don't matter, then they don't matter. And I came to a point in that one time where I decided, well, if that's the way it is, and uh, we're all just a bunch of animals, this is a dog-eat-dog world, and I guess I'll just try to be top dog. And I thought that was at one point the best you could ever do in life was just try to get for you and yours, and that would be it. But uh, I, I discovered something different, and it's the thing that Jesus wants us to know. You see, Jesus knew he had come from the Father, and he wants you to know that you came from the Father as well. You began in the very heart and mind of God. That's where you started. That's where you came from. And you wound up, we talked about this last week. This is uh, exactly the time when you were supposed to be here. Uh, quit wishing you were born in another time and start looking at what God wants you to do in this time. He has things for you every day. And uh, this is, I'll give you an example. It's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving season. And uh, uh, I remember one time I was in the hospital, and some of you have heard this, but some of you have not. And uh, I didn't know if I was going to live or die. I was laying there. I couldn't uh, even feed myself. And I remember griping at God saying, uh, what am I doing here? You know, I've, 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 I've prayed for other people and they've been healed. I need to get out there and be doing stuff for people. Uh, why, why am I here, God? And uh, whenever I would ask a question like that, only would come to mind this scripture. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And I'd think, where did that come from? God, and I'd go back to griping at God again about how he wasn't doing his job. Well, and the, the answer would be, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And finally, it dawned on me, God was answering my conversations with him. He was telling me what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to give thanks in my situation, not necessarily for it, but in it. And so I had to apologize to God and say, Lord, I am just so sorry. I'm so sorry. I have been griping at you and I've been disobeying you. And uh, I want to just be thankful for you. And so I'm going to try to be thankful. I, I thank you. I have clean sheets on this bed. I'm thankful that uh, I'm in a hospital instead of out in the jungle, laying under a banyan tree or something somewhere. I'm thankful that I've got skilled people taking care of me and that I've got this uh, uh, tube in my arm that's keeping me alive. I'm, I thank you that my insurance kicked in last week. And if I die, I'm not going to leave a big debt to Sharon. And uh, I just found all sorts of things to be thankful for. And uh, one after another, I thanked him for them. And then I remembered 
Lord, when you called me, you told me you just wanted me to be the best you, best me for you that I could be. I can't do much right now. All I can do is just lay here in bed. What can I do for you right now? You can show me and I'll just let you. And so I, uh, I said, Lord, just help me to help, help me with this. I've just got a little bit of light that can shine here right now. Help me to let this light shine for you. Help me to be a little bright light shining this hospital bed. And all of a sudden, all sorts of areas of ministry popped up. My nurse, my main nurse was fighting cancer while she was taking care of other people. She was a wounded healer and she needed somebody to confide in and talk to. My, uh, uh, my organist discovered that her husband had been unfaithful to her. And so uh, we got to have some conversations there. One thing I discovered I could do laying there in that hospital bed was listen. That's one thing I could do. And this is just it. There's always something that you can do to let your light shine. If you'll just say, Lord, let me see what it is and where it is. And so uh, he just helped me to see a friend of mine was going through problems with his congregation and with the district superintendent and the bishop. And he hadn't done anything wrong, really. He was being persecuted for his faith, really. And uh, uh, that was, yes, this was happening even back then. And we're probably going to see more of it. But uh, he was... He'd come to, he came to visit me on a pastoral call and, uh, uh, he got to, he wound up, uh, it became a counseling session with him and, uh, he came back just about daily and, uh, and he, we got through that together. But you see, uh, and I got to wind up with a good fast friend out of that as well, a brother in the Lord. He took, the Lord took, a bad situation and he turned it to good. All things work together for the good for the, of those who are called for the Lord and are called according to his purposes. You know, Romans eight twenty eight is true, but sometimes we can't see what's going to come of our being thankful. But uh, one of the things that happened was immediately that I repented and started thanking God and started asking him to help my light shine, I got better. I started improving. But he was going to leave me there, I guess, till I finally got it straight. But uh, And so I did. But you see, there's always, even laying on a hospital bed, not able to feed yourself, good things come. I quit smoking then. You know, all sorts of good. I couldn't smoke. And I realized that uh, 70, you, you, uh, uh, I could, I'd tried, tried to quit and I couldn't. But I remembered that if you stayed clear of uh, smoking for 72 hours, you got through the physical addiction. And from that point on, it was psychological. So I just won't start back. And so uh, it, all sorts of good things came forth from me. And another good thing that came forth was 
I was about six weeks out of the hospital or out of a, out of the pulpit, out of the church. And you know what? That church didn't fold. It kept right on going without me. The world kept spinning and I needed to see that I wasn't really in and of myself all that important. The world could get along just fine without me. The Lord could get along just fine without me. He gave me the opportunity to be used by him every day. And life took on a lot more joy and had a lot less burdens when I finally realized it's all up to him. It's not ultimately up to me. And so uh, uh, that's what came of that for me. So uh, anyway, but we, we, we came from God and we're going to, and God loves us and he has plans and purposes for you. You may not see them sometime, but they are there. But uh, so God, so Jesus knew where he was coming from and he also knew he was going to die. Now, we have a yard man that we inherited uh, with the house. He came with the house. He was uh, taking care of it when we got there. And Mario is great. And uh, sometimes he does uh, uh, landscaping for us and all. And sometimes we'll have conversations and he'll warn me about what I need to do and, and things like that and gives me advice. And we were talking about these things that we had planted around the trees out front. And he said, you know, those, uh, those flowers you got there, they're going to die. <laughs> and, uh, and that's just it. They were. Uh, sometimes we don't want to talk about death, but we have to. And sometimes we need to realize it's going to happen whether we're ready or not. It's something, it's the elephant in the room. It's there. It's going to happen. And the Lord wants you to know it and not just to try to uh, avoid it and not think about it. He wants you to embrace your mortality. Because until you, until you embrace your, your mortality, you cannot enter into immortality. As long as you're just tiptoeing around the elephant in the room, thinking, oh, I hope I'm going to make it to heaven. Oh, I hope that everything's going to be okay. As long as you're not living the Christian life, because you see, the Christian life isn't a hope-so life. It is a no-so life. You can know where you're going to spend eternity. And uh, and you need to just embrace it uh, and but what you need to embrace is first of all you're going to die, and he knew when he was going where he's going to go when he died, and uh, so that's the last thing I want to talk to you about. He knew where he was going. He was going to the Father. He's made it clear where we are going, and we have a choice of where we are going to spend all eternity. And this is the good news that we have. First of all, we have a choice. And the second part of the good news 
is that everything that everything that you think that God is holding against you, Jesus has already taken care of it. Every bit of it. There's nothing you can add to it. All you can do is receive it. And once you do, all of a sudden, heaven is yours. It's yours. You've, I've preached a sermon a couple or three or maybe four Easter's ago about you have a reservation and your reservation has been confirmed. Jesus said in John 14, in my father's house are many mansions or many rooms. And if I go, if, if it were not so, I'd have told you, but I'm going to go and I'm going to get a place ready for you. And then I'm going to come back so I can take you to myself so that where I am, you can be also. That was a promise that he made to all of us to that follow him. And then that reservation has been confirmed, first of all, by the raising of Jesus Christ from the dead. That confirmed everything that he said as being true. And then after that, he has sealed it with his Holy Spirit in our hearts. Whenever we receive what he's done for us, his spirit comes in and we're born anew and we are his from that point on. It says in Hebrews, the 13th chapter, no, the 11th chapter, the first verse. Now, faith is the assurance. I like that word, assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Salvation is by grace through faith. But the only thing that keeps you from heaven is unbelief. Did you know that? It's not your sin that keeps you from heaven anymore because Jesus paid the price for your sin. Your sin was nailed on the cross and you don't have to bear it anymore. What keeps you from heaven is unbelief, not trusting in and knowing and receiving what he's done for you. Let me, but you know, it's also, it's not actually faith that saves you. And this is the thing I want, I want to make clear this morning. Uh, back when I was a teenager, uh, my first cars were, I guess what you'd call hoopties. Uh, first was a 51 Cadillac that, uh, anyway, I won't go into details about that. I think, I think I paid $125 for it. And, uh, it barely got around. It had a lot of things wrong with it. So I traded it in on a 53 Plymouth. And uh, anyway, I told you about that Plymouth. It wouldn't go but 80 miles an hour. If y'all recall last week, I talked about waving at the 10 or so highway patrolman there on the side of the road as I went by going too fast. But these hoopties, sometimes I'd get in problems with my, in my cars. Like I'd have a blowout and not have a spare. But I knew 
that if I call my dad, he'd take care of it. One time I got to the side of the too far, I moved over too far uh, right after a rain on a road that had no shoulder on it and deep ditches and the shoulder just, I just slid off into the ditch and it was a deep ditch. And, uh, but I was able to go and make a phone call. Uh, actually, this is in Cleveland, Texas. I just went and knocked on the door of the nearest house. They let me come in his house, use that phone that was fastened to the wall and call my dad. And uh, the next thing you know, in just a few minutes, here came one of my dad's workers in a pickup truck. Uh, we pulled a chain out and uh, we got my car out of the ditch. Now, what was it that got my car out of the ditch? Was it my faith in my father that got me out of that ditch? No, it was, uh, it was that guy that my father sent to pull the car out of the ditch. And this is just it. If I hadn't had faith in my father, I wouldn't have called him. Do you see what I'm getting at here? But you call your heavenly father in faith and he is going to respond. Now that faith in my father extended off to even, even after I was going to college and uh, still driving a hoopty more or less, uh, whenever I would get within a few miles of home, say about a 12 mile radius of home, all of a sudden a sense of safety and peace would start to come over me because I knew from that point on, if I had any trouble, I had someone I could call on and they'd take care of it. Well, I don't have my dad to call on anymore. Don't have my mom to call on anymore. But I've discovered that my heavenly father will never desert me and never forsake, never forsake me. And that whenever I call on him in faith and I trust him, I have proved over and over in my own life, I can trust him. I have a peace in life because he answers when I call. And this is something that you can have. And it's something that, that the Lord wants you to have. He wants you to know where you're going and he wants you to know how to get there. And the way that you get there is you ask him into your life. You ask him to wash you and cleanse you. You thank him. This is where gratitude comes in. He paid the price so that you could go to heaven. Once you do that, as I've said before, your reservation is confirmed. Jesus wants you to know that. He could walk on this earth in the face of death for years because he knew that he was going to get to go back to where it was a whole lot better. And death had become a doorway to him. And he was uh, more than happy 
to go through that doorway and his doorway involved a cross. But if there's one thing we need to be grateful for today, it's the fact that he paid the price and that he wants you to be with him forever. You know where you came from. You know you're going to die and you know where you're going to go. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.